to those realities. Today we're beginning a series called Escaping the Matrix. Okay, um, that title uh, for some of you may make you immediately think of the movie series The Matrix, right? Now, has any, who's seen those movies? Okay, well, I want to say this disclaimer. This is not an endorsement of that movie or those movies in any way, shape, or form. But I'm going to use that movie as a way to illustrate what I'm going to be talking about today. Matter of fact, I saw those, that movie many, many years ago in its cleaned up version on regular TV. So I'm not recommending, by the way, that you go and watch that movie. But if you, if you did see that movie, uh, some of the things that I talk about today might just strike a chord and bring some things home. But otherwise, I'm going to explain it out and, and you'll get the gist of what I'm talking about. And let me attempt to explain that now. If you're observant and you look at the world system, you could discern that humankind is controlled by the powers that be. Humanity is shaped by the philosophies of men and the power brokers of society that inform our way of thinking through the never-ending stream of media sources in the form of news, movies, TV shows, as well as through financial and educational institutions. For this series, I want you to look beyond the accepted societal norms. And... Uh, Look beyond the billboards telling you what to buy and what to believe, what's right and what's wrong. Try to ignore the TV screens and the talking heads that are always looking to inform the ignorant masses. That's us. While in reality, they're simply weaving their own narrative that they want us to buy into. And I want to encourage you to resist the temptation to be imbibed or saturated with the multi-billion dollar sports industry, which serves to anesthetize people, keeping them from things that really matter in life while making the rich richer and the masses groveling for entertainment that has become an all-encompassing pursuit in our postmodern world. If you notice, our world is consumed with being entertained in every way, shape, and form. Sports is a big one, but there's many others that look to really anesthetize people and get them, you know, um, distracted from focusing on the real things that concern our real lives. And we're going to talk about that and see it in the Word of God today. So what's really happening here? What is the truth? What is the matrix, since it's the title of the series? Why is there a matrix, and how do we escape? A matrix, in our context, is a system of control. The Bible calls it the world system that seeks to influence the minds of young and old alike. This happens over the course of our lives as we are conditioned and ultimately assimilated into this way of thinking until it becomes the accepted norm. This is how we do business. Even after we come to faith in Messiah, 
we struggle escaping its grasp because we are immersed in the society that has fully bought into that way of life. So Wednesday night we were talking and I, and I mentioned how when I was a brand new believer, or actually it was a little before I came to be a believer, and I was invited to a service, and I came into the building and I saw people like yourselves lifting your hands and worshiping God, and I thought it was bizarre. I said, wow, this is so weird, it's so strange. Bunch of weirdos in there singing, lifting their hands. Yet, I didn't think anything of watching people at a football stadium screaming and yelling, bare-chested men with their faces and chests painted green in 30-degree weather. Matter of fact, I thought that was normal. They were just fans. So I thought that the people who were trying to love and worship God were weird. And I thought these people that were screaming and yelling and bare-chested in the freezing cold were normal. I was caught in a way of thinking. We're conditioned to believe one is normal and the other is not normal. And I can say, I can attest to this, it took me quite a while before I saw the turnaround where, wow, no, no, this is normal. It's normal to worship the creator of the universe, the God who made everything we see, the one who loves us and gave us life. Yeah, of course that's normal. And of course the other is a little bit out of whack. Now, in this message, I'm not just calling and saying you shouldn't ever watch sports or maybe you're the one painted green and screaming, whatever. No judgment here. <laughs> but I just do want to point some things out to us, and I hope that, um, that God will speak to your life. So, like I said, we'll be using the Matrix movie as an allegory to highlight the system of control and the key to its defeat. Because I think on some level, like I said, I was a believer a while before that control of what was normal and abnormal started to break away from my life. And I struggled for a while with that area of worship because there was, I was conditioned that that's not right. But in fact it was. So the first thing I want to talk about is the matrix or the world system, as the Bible calls it. Just want to play a movie clip for you, and we'll wait till the folks back there are ready, and maybe someone wants to get the lights so you can check it out. what it is. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can 
Feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. So let me tell you why you're here, he said. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it, you felt it in your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? So he talks about truth and that the life he was living was a lie. Matter of fact, if you know the movie at all, what, what is really happening is people are in these little pods and they're kind of living their life through like a virtual reality, but they're really in pods, millions of people. And the protagonist, Neo, is gonna eventually be unplugged for that and see the world for what it really is. And he's going to begin to help to save others from that deceptive reality. So let me read you a scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few. And those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and the terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, 
The grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Remember God before it's too late is really the message of Kohelet. And we'll see, because I'll bring up some other passages from the, the book of the Bible, is that man is in pursuit of all these things that really don't matter when push comes to shove. And they certainly don't matter much in light of eternity. The world system or the matrix is incongruent with God's system. Hear that. The world system, that's the system that you and I live in. Every day we touch it, we do transactions within it. But it's incongruent with God's system. So here's the word of God. Yeshua instructs us, and one of his closest Talmudim, Yochanan, tells us this. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If someone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him because all the things of the world, all the things, the desires of the old nature, the desires of the eyes, and the pretensions of life are not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does God's will remains forever. So basically, he's telling us, don't get so caught up in the world system because the world system is crashing. Instead, invest your lives in God's way of doing things, in his kingdom. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed. Interesting word, right? Don't be conformed. Well, who's trying to conform us? The world system. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Truth. So that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's a little bit of a ring in this microphone. You could take down the volume a little bit. Thanks. Let me give you another one. And before you think the rabbi has gone over the deep end, let me balance what I'm saying with this. We are in the world, but not of the world. And you'll see that later in the movie, you'll see that Neo, who is the protagonist in the movie, does get unplugged. But he's able now to go back into that virtual world and kind of rule over it. He's no longer controlled by it, but now he's able to help others escape. Where when he was simply plugged into it, he was a slave, as the fellow told him in that clip. So Yochanan 17 says, they are not of the world. Speaking about us, the Talmudim of Yeshua, the Messiah. He said, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Here's another quote from the movie. The Matrix is a system, Neo. 
that system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, everything looks normal. The very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still part of this system. You have to understand most of these people are not ready to be unplugged and many of them are so inured or entrenched, so hopelessly dependent on the system they will fight to protect it. Isn't that interesting? It's an interesting quote. But yet, isn't that true when you try to share your faith with people? And matter of fact, I myself, when I first heard the good news of Yeshua, for four years I resisted it because I wanted to kind of protect my life that I had in the world. I wasn't ready to give it up. I was fighting for something, and I said this years later after I came to faith. I was basically fighting to hang on to coal while God was offering me gold. But I was convinced that the coal was so much better than what God was offering. I was deceived. With this in mind, consider what God instructs us to do about the world system in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What agreement does God's temple have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. That's exactly what Morpheus in that clip was offering to Neo. Come out from among them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing, then I will take you in. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says Aronai Sivaot. Come out from them. Come out from them? Well, listen, when you came, you came to faith, you still live on earth, don't you? So what is he talking about? Come out from them, their way of doing things, their system, their way of operating. And isn't the kingdom a totally different paradigm than the kingdom of this world? Of course, we live here in the flesh, but we're not to buy into the world system of operating. We are to operate above the world system by doing things God's way. You see, most believers, because they were so entrenched in the world, simply when they become believers, continue to do things the way the world does it and wonder why they don't have success that they read about in the scripture. Yochanan 16, he writes this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Yeshua is saying, yeah, I've overcome the world, and in me, you too can overcome the world and its system and its deceptions and its priorities and all the things it tells you is, so quote, unquote, the normal life. 
If we understand this, we can operate above the world system and live as overcomers like Yeshua did. And here's why this is important to know. Yochanan Aleph, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. For everything in the world, everything. Just let that sink in for a second. For everything in the world, every single thing. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Everything. So that tells me that if these scriptures that I read are true, there needs to be a real paradigm shift in our way of thinking, in our way of operating, in the way we see things, and in the way we do things. And in fact, that is absolutely the pattern that you see with Yeshua, who takes 12 Talmudim unto himself, and they do things the total opposite of the way that it's been done before, right? In his case, in the religious world. But if you look at the kingdom of God, it is the total antithesis of the natural world. So God says the way up is down, right? The way you get more is to give more. If you want to be the top dog, then become servant of all. It's like everything is reversed. Everything is opposite. Everything grates against what we've been told and taught and what we think we know. It's counterintuitive, if you will, to our flesh. But yet it's the way of God. So that is the matrix. That is the world system that you and I are likely still comfortable with in many areas of our life. We're comfortable just going with the flow. So let me talk to you about now the matrix and say this, that the matrix is not the real world. And my intent in doing this is if it's not the real world, why would we keep investing in it as if it were? If it's not real, if it's not going to bear the fruit that we're really looking for, how many people in this room would like to be happy? Of course, everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to find happiness. Well, what if I were to tell you that in the quote-unquote real world, happiness is very, very elusive. But in the kingdom of God, happiness is the first thing you go overwhelmed with when you get introduced to the truth. And in some of the messages from here, we're going to delve into the truth deeper because it's such an important, this is an introductory message. So what's the purpose of the matrix or this world system? It is to control and assimilate people, to manipulate people into doing things that are, that are at variance with the truth. Guys, I could bear witness to this. I lived my whole life before Messiah doing things that were at variance to the truth of God and his ways. Didn't you? Yeah. That's how we lived. Why? 
That's how everyone lived, right? That was normal. That's what she did. In contrast, Yeshua continually emphasizes the importance of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Right? Despite the reality that we are constantly bombarded with, the falsehoods of this world system works real hard in trying to convince us that it's the real thing, that it's what life is all about, and you should pursue it. Right? You should pursue it because you're going to find happiness once you attain to X, Y, and Z, whatever it tells us. And I don't know if you notice, I'm alive a few years now. I'm going to be almost 60 years old. That the bar keeps moving, doesn't it? But they keep telling us, if you do this, you're going to be happy. And if you do that, you're going to be happy. But I want to tell you, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Believe God. Yeshua makes a telling statement. I'm going to read a passage from Matityahu's now realize Yeshua is speaking to a people who are religiously minded. These are people who, many of them, striving to do the things and walk in the ways of God. And look what he says to them. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 25, so I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the pagans eagerly pursue, circle that word in your Bible, eagerly pursue, because we all know we need to eat. Thank God that he gives us food to eat, and, right? Clothes to wear. Thank God. But it says the pagans eagerly pursue. Do you see the over... I don't know how many people, you hear people there on Amazon buying and buying and buying and shopping and clothing and food, and it's an obsession with their life. They work to do those things. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it in the right measure, because you need food to eat and clothes to wear. But that obsession with it, eagerly pursuing it, because he goes on to say, yet your heavenly father knows you need these things. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't major on those things, but major on me. And I will add those things to your life, those things that you need. I grew up in a house 
where my mother watched the Home Shopping Network 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She was on first name basis with the UPS guy. <laughs> dropping off stuff and then taking stuff back, in and out and in and out. Hey Mike, I got you this. It's coming in the cell. There's always new things coming into the house continually. You walked into my mother's house in the living room, home shopping's on. But that's so many people in this world. Now it's Amazon. You don't even have to move. Sit and go to Amazon. They'll bring it right to your door. What do you need? Food? They'll bring it. Clothes? Whatever it is, but this obsession with those things. Yeshua is instructing us to do these things because the world system isn't based on eternal reality. The world system is based on temporal reality. Earthly treasures, eating and drinking, being obsessed with fashion, while necessary to an extent, do not warrant an inordinate amount of attention because the really important matters and the true realities of true life are found in the kingdom of God, not in the kingdom of men. Do you hear that? They're found in the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of men. That's why Yeshua, who was the Mashiach, could live so simply, yet be filled with so much joy. Romans 14 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Ruach HaKodesh. That's what the kingdom of God is about. But the world system would tell us something different. You see, all these things are considered the realities of life. Most people, even believers at times, can get caught up in living their lives based on these paradigms, eating, Shopping, entertainment, binge-watching the latest series, watching your favorite news source ad nauseum. You ever go to the hospital and wait for someone and they have Channel 12 News on? Every 20 minutes, for hours, the same thing. They just run it for hours and hours, and yet people watch the same thing. And then they switch sources and get the same thing hour upon hour upon hour. Some people are looking for hope from elected officials. Good luck with that. People have been trained or controlled to spend their days in search of the quote-unquote good life which according to the system of this world is found in all these superfluous things. That's where you find it, according to the world. The Morpheus character meets with Neo and invites him to join the resistance. Red pill or blue pill, right? You saw it. The red pill 
He joins the blue pill. He wakes up and believes whatever he wants. And that's what happens in our world, right? You can believe whatever you want. You can believe up is down, fine. Believe what you want. Believe what you will. Live your life how you want to live it. Go ahead. Just do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. You're good to go. But God does offer us the truth. Neo selects the red pill like you saw, but Morpheus offers a warning. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. And the truth is not always a pretty thing. And if you remember the movies, right? So here's Neo living in a normal world, thinking everything's normal. He takes the pill and all of a sudden he sees that people are really living in pods, plugged in, in a gelatin-like substance. It's kind of like the movie, what's the name of that movie? Wally. You ever see Wally? Where people at the end of the movie, they're just in, in like chase lounges, floating around, sipping their meals through cups, watching TV screens. Does that kind of strike a chord to you? Isn't that what most Americans do? They sit in front of the TV, eating and drinking, getting heavier and heavier and out of shape, and instead of going outside and enjoying the beautiful world God created. Just what are you watching anyway? You're watching things that were designed to get you to buy stuff and do stuff and control how you way you think. Many of the values now are antithetical to the scripture that we're seeing now in commercials and nauseam. What the protagonist is offered is to be awakened to the true realities of this world and an opportunity to consider a better option. This option is not by any stretch an easy option, but it leads to life. And I want to say this. Many times you hear these false things that, you know, religion is just a crutch. Well, I'll say this, that putting your faith in Yeshua the Messiah is the most courageous thing you'll ever do. Because you will soon be keenly aware that the life that you were invested in before leads to nowhere but death, destruction, heartache, and pain. And that now you're going to carve out a new life for yourself that revolves around the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light. And it's not for the faint of heart. You'll be ridiculed. You'll be called names. You'll be struck assaulted, and the like for believing that God is king of all the earth. So simple, and to the logical mind, at least a spiritual logical mind, why would that bring such a reaction? But it does. It's not an easy option, but it's the one that leads to life. So, the scripture speaks directly to this issue and such an awakening, the awakening that I'm talking about. Shlomo, or King Solomon, the wisest and richest man of his day and perhaps of all time, 
exhausted himself in pursuit of what the world system deems the pathway to the fulfilled life. And here's what he found. I'm going to read some passages. Kohelet, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 16. I said to myself, look, I have acquired much wisdom, more than anyone ruling Yerushalayim before me. Yes, I experienced a great deal of wisdom and knowledge. Chapter 2, I said to myself, come now, I will test myself with pleasure and enjoying good things. I searched my mind for how to gratify my body with wine. And with my mind still guarding me with wisdom, how to pursue foolishness. My object was to find out what was the best thing for people to do during the short time they have under heaven to live. I worked on a grand scale. I built myself palaces, planted myself vineyards. You know how people are obsessed with wine these days? And made myself gardens and parks, and in them I planted all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the trees springing up in the forest. I also had growing herds of cattle and flocks of sheep. Right now, many people would say, my goodness, he struck the good life. Holy cow, he is on target. Who wants more than that? More than anyone before me in Jerusalem, I amassed silver and gold. You have these people, they invest millions of dollars to find nuggets of gold. Crazy. The wealth of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers, things that provided sensual delight and a good many concubines, so I grew great, surpassing all who preceded me in Yerushalayim. My wisdom, too, stayed with me. I denied my eyes nothing they wanted. I withheld no pleasure from myself, for I took pleasure in all my work, and this was my reward for all my work. So before I read the next verse, think about it. Everything Kohelet sought after and experienced was the quote-unquote high life. That's the American dream, isn't it? That's the high life of the world system. That's what it offers people, all those things. And it's what they want us to chase. It's what they want you to chase. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Verse 11 then says, Then I looked at all that my hands had accomplished and at the work I had toiled at. And I saw that it was all meaningless and feeding on wind. And that there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Let me paraphrase that. There was nothing in the world system worth having. So let me continue on. This is the last chapter. So he writes this whole book of doing all these exploits, right? Last chapter. Pointless, meaningless, says Kohelet. Nothing matters at all. Not only was Kohelet wise. So this is to show you that this wasn't a foolish guy. This wasn't just someone who had no clue. He wasn't only wise. He also taught the people what he knew. 
Also, he weighed, researched, and corrected many ethical sayings. Kohelet worked to develop an attractive writing style in which he expressed the truth straightforwardly. The sayings of the wise are as sharp as goads, and those given by leaders of assemblies are like well-fixed nails. They are presented by a single shepherd. In addition, my son, take heed. One can write many books, there's no end to it, and one can study so much that it wearies the flesh. Here is the final conclusion now that you have heard everything. Here's the final conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is what human being human is all about. What is being human all about? Fear God and keep his commandments. If anyone ever asks you, what's the purpose to life? There's a scripture verse on it, and I just read it. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is what being human is all about. This is why God created us. For God will bring to judgment everything we do, including every secret, whether good or bad. So here is the final conclusion. Now that you would have heard everything, fear God and keep his commandments. But we live in this world system that every day, how many people do you think you watch more than two hours of TV a week? Yeah. 120 minutes, if that's the case, of feeding you all these things. How much time you spend in the Word of God? I want to encourage you to do more of that. So what did Kohelet find out? He found out that the system of the world and all that it offers and all that it presents as the fullness of life and the epitome of true living is a fraud. It's a fraud. It's, it's a fake. It's not real. It's not true. It's not true. That's what he found out. Real life is found in God and his kingdom realities. That's what he found out. That real life is found in God and in kingdom realities. That's where it's found. So he, here's the point of this message, is to understand that this is where we live. This is what we're subject to. So we have to do what we have to do to resist just going with the status quo. The sooner we fully get on board with God's way of doing things, the sooner we will experience the abundant life that God promises. See, God does promise abundant life, right? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He says, I will give you life and life abundantly. And like I said, so many people wonder why. Well, I'm a serving God. How come I don't have that abundant life? Because the truth is you do have to unplug from the world's way of doing things and plug into God's ways of doing things. Now, of course, you're going to still be in the world. But like if you're familiar with the movies of, at all, Neo now, when he is in the Matrix or the world system, he could do amazing things, couldn't he? He was like, like the hotshot in the world because... 
He got it. He understood what it's all about. And he was able to thrive. And so I want to tell you that if you are really looking to thrive, then you have to, you know, here's your choice. Red pill or blue pill. The blue pill, you'll take it and you'll just ignore what I said today. Go about doing whatever you want to do, doing your own thing, believe in what you want. Or you take the red pill, which is truth, which is found in the word of God, which Yeshua continually taught his Talmudim. You take the truth and you wake up to the fact that God has another system going on in conjunction with his world system. And in his system, he's looking to rescue and save as many as possible who would be willing to choose. You notice, by the way, in that clip, it was a choice, right? It wasn't forced upon him. They didn't tie him up and, and jam the pill down his throat and hold his mouth until he swallowed it. He was offered a choice, red or blue. Truth or continue to live the lie. So that's kind of where we're at today, right? That's the same thing the writer of Kohelet or the, tells us, choose, right? What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what I found, he said. And I found that the world system is nothing but emptiness. But there is a kingdom, when you invest in it, is fulfilling and rich. And that's the kingdom of God. So I hope you take something away from that. I hope that you would at least take a look at what you're investing in in your life. How much of the world system are you fully invested in? And where maybe do you need to pull back and say, you know what, I'm going to start investing a little more heavenly, heavily in the kingdom of light, in God's kingdom. And I'm going to unplug from that way of doing things that leads to emptiness and I'm going to plug into God's way that leads to abundant life truly and, and where is that abundant life guys no it's not going to show up in your checkbook it's going to show up in your heart in contentment in peace in joy in well-being happiness your soul that's where it's going to show up and that's a good thing to have in this world, isn't it? So stand with me. We're going to um, conclude the service now, but we're also going to have some time of ministry. So if you want prayer for something, I'm going to ask Sal back there. Hi, Sal. If you would put on a worship CD low. And we're going to just have a time of ministry up here. And if you want prayer for anything, Whatever it is, you want prayer for healing, you want prayer for a relationship, you, whatever, you just want to make that available to you to receive prayer. So I'm going to ask Rabbi Carol and Nina are going to come up and I'll join them in a minute. But I'm going to close out the service so you can feel released to go if you need to go. But really, if you need prayer and you just want help with whatever difficulty you might be facing, we do invite you to come up and that is available to you. So let me bless you.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Father, I pray that you would bless your people with the sweet shalom of heaven. Father, that you would bring healing and health to all their bones. Father, that you would bless their coming in and their going out. Lord, as they seek your face, that you would reward them with your wonderful presence, that you would be with them this week, that you would, Lord, go with them, and that goodness and mercy would follow them all the days of their life. And we ask it for Shem Yeshua. At this time, 